to the Friday version of the Daily Walk. You've made another week, and we're on to the weekend coming up. And today we're in one of my favorite books. It's a short little minor prophet book called Haggai, H-A-G-A-I, H-A-G-G-A-I. And it's fun because it's after the exile, King Darius says, let them go back to build the temple. You know, uh, it was felt that they needed to go back. Ezra felt like he needed to go back and build the temple. And so they were allowed to go back during King Cyrus's reign and start the temple. But here's the interesting thing in this book. It's only two chapters. But man, it's loaded with information. And I just spoke about this Sunday in our service, but it's just good. So you can never get too much of this little Haggai. So this is post-exilic, and after the exile, it never really returned to the monarchy that it had before. Judah didn't. And so it was with two guys. Now, our next book, Zechariah, we only have two more books after this till we get to the New Testament. One of these characters is uh, brought up in another vision in Zechariah, which is totally cool. And we have these two characters. These are the guys that are left to kind of oversee Ju- Judah you know, until we hear about the Messiah. Now, here's the interesting thing. When we get to uh, Malachi, just not to uh, ruin what's coming, spoiler alert or anything, but just so you get a precursor, there is going to be some interesting things said about what happens in the Malachi book and when the Messiah comes. In other words, how long and what takes place with the people of God in the meantime. Let me put it that way. And with Haggai, we kind of get a pretense on what tends to happen with all of us because in Haggai the Lord gives them this message right because they've been sent to build the temple and his first thing is uh, I have a message for Zerubbabel who is the governor of Judah he's the one that's there to be the governor and Jeshua who is the high priest And the Lord's like, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? 
so they are basically not tending to the rebuilding of the temple. Instead, they are spending all their time just sprucing up and living in their own homes, making it pretty. And, you know, it's like they spend more time. Their priorities are out of sync. They spend more time doing the things they love to do personally. And then they give God what's left over. And God, from the very beginning, said, I don't want your leftovers. He said, bring of your first fruits to the temple. And they didn't even have a temple back then. All they had was that tent of meeting in the tabernacle that Moses was given complete instruction on how to put together from the Lord. But nonetheless, the Lord said, bring of your first fruits. In other words, I don't want to be an afterthought. I want to be first in your mindset. I want to be first in your relationship. You know, and then Jesus would say, if you love anyone or anything more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. And you got to love me more than anything, more than your wife, more than your kids, more than your friends, more than your your car, more than your boat. I mean, I've told the story of the boat many times. So the Lord is like, come on, why are you living in these luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? You were s sent here to rebuild my house. And he's like, so here's here's what's happening. You guys go and you you plant all these crops, but you harvest very little. You have all these wineries and you, or grape, uh, grape. What do you call those? Grape vines, grape. I can't even think of the word right now. But the the grape fields, so to speak, and you don't get much out of them. You drink water, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you can't keep warm. You never seem to have enough money. It's like your holes, your pockets have holes in them. And here's here's the thing. If we look at our life today and we give God our leftovers, we seem to be in situations where we never have enough, you know? We never have enough of this or that, you know? It's like whatever we need for our home, there's always that other thing that we wanna get. And it seems like we take two steps forward, but then we're three steps back. And it seems like we just get one thing paid for and then another thing comes in. And it's like the more we work, the more we need to work because we become, enslaved to the debt we have around us because we want this and we need that and really it's just the luxuries of home and we've done so much with the luxuries of home that we don't have much left for God's house so when we actually go to church for that one hour a week God gets very little of us 
because we're worn out and we get to church and we're there and we're like, well, we did it. We did our one or two hours and we're done till the next week. And God wants to be in relationship with us all week, every day, every moment. Pray without ceasing. That's like be in communication with me always. And so the Lord reminds them it's not because the heavens have dried up. It's not because I'm not been here. It's because your priorities are out of sync. So let's get this together. And so the people are like, okay. And it says, so God's people began to obey the message from the Lord. And he says, I am with you. Come on. I'm not going to have you do something and not help you. And that's the one thing we seem to always forget. When the Lord wants to be in relationship with us and he wants to be in our life, it's not like he's going to be only with us on Sunday. He'll be with us every day of the week. And when we're there, you know, here's a good example. This week I've been in class, so I haven't been able, I have to take classes every now and then. So I haven't been able to be in my church setting as much as I want, but and some things crept up. So that's how it works. The enemy wants to mess with you to try and get you discouraged, okay? Because he sees an open door because you're not doing what you normally do. And so my son had some things come up with his life, and immediately the Lord just put a sense of peace over me and said, no, don't let this rattle you. I'm with you. It's going to be okay. And while things didn't go exactly like I thought, the Lord just kept saying, no, it's going to be okay. And the Lord gave me insight at a gas pump on what I needed to do for him. And so I went right back to his place and did what the Lord gave me insight to do, and that was the remedy. (laughs) So the Lord says, I'm with you, and he is with us. And then when he's with us and we get to see how he's with us, that testifies and is witness to others that when our priorities are in line with his, it enthusiastic, the enthusiasm from that goes off onto others. And that witness I had with my son and just staying calm really helped him stay calm and really helped his day. And, and he texted me later on how he was really appreciative to have a dad that would come and make sure he was okay and do the things he was cool that he needed to have done and how cool that was and then how that really helped him stay calm because he has anxiety things. And the great thing about it was, you know, I just give credit to the Lord and how the Lord kept telling me to stay that everything was going to be good and that I just needed to hear him. And he just gave me credit for being a good dad to him and really how it really helped him. And I give credit to my good father, the heavenly father. 
And I know what he was talking about because he has a friend who doesn't have that. Because he, he said, because I know that there's a lot of people that don't have a dad that would do that for them. And so it was just cool to see that. So when the Lord sparks the enthusiasm in Zerubbabel and Jeshua, that enthusiasm sparks the whole remnant of God's people and they begin to work on the house of the Lord. See, when we get our priorities straight and we start serving the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, giving him first of our first fruits, putting him first in our life, and taking that step first <laughs> and not giving him our leftovers, that trickles down into all those around us, and they see that. And they get a blessing from that. And really, that's what it's about in this book. It's, it's about the house, yes, but it's about this house, this temple, this body, making sure that we keep our priorities straight for him. And so the Lord wants to encourage him because he says, hey, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Jeshua. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and get to work, for I am with you. And he says, in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake the nations that brought that will be brought to this temple. So he's going to give them many fruits so he's going to bless them for their efforts he's going to bless them for their obedience and then Haggai reminds them hey remember before the foundation was ever laid remember how you were working so hard and you were getting no results remember you would plant 20 bushels for crops and only get 10. Remember, you would draw 50 gallons from the wine press and only get 20. Remember how mildew and hail would destroy everything you worked hard for. But even then, you didn't return to the Lord because your priorities were straight. You just kept pressing harder. That was what you thought. But really, what we really got to do is quit thinking, I need more, more, more. I... And say, Lord, I can't do this without you. And return to the Lord. And let the Lord carry us. Because the Lord says, I'm giving you this promise while the seed is still in the barn. So after we turn to the Lord, before we ever plant the next thing, because we're going to let the Lord lead us. We're going to see a bountiful harvest because from this day forward, from the day we commit and say, Lord, no more leftovers. I'm giving you everything and I'm going to do it with you and, and not after you. The Lord says, from this day forward, I will bless you. Woo. I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. And so the Lord has got a message for Zerubbabel. And he tells Zerubbabel, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I'm going to overthrow royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms because I'm going to honor you, Zerubbabel. He's the governor, remember? 
I'm going to honor you with my signet ring because I have chosen you. I'm going to honor you like a signet ring, sorry. Because I have chosen you. And here's what I can tell you. When, when we get our priorities right and we put God first, he's chosen us. And he's going to honor us and he is going to bless us and we are going to see so much blessing. Now, is it going to be easy? No. I, I did probably 300 miles. Well, that's not true. 200 miles yesterday, back and forth, running around, trying to do things to get this situation for my son remedied. But I did it with a sense of peace because I know the Lord kept telling me it's going to be okay. And then in the last moment, he gives me this word that says, hey, think about this. And when it all began, just like, the, just like what Haggai is telling the people, think about this when it all began, yeah. Now go and do it this way. And that's what I did, and it all worked out. And I'm so thankful. So think about this. And when it all began, the chaos, the working to death, the no time, and then say, Lord, I can't do it without you. I know I need you. I want to give you my first fruits. I want you first in my life. I want to be dedicated to you. Because he, from that day forward, it says right here in the word, will bless you. And then he will honor you like a signet ring. For I, the Lord, have spoken, says the Lord. And he loves you that much. Because you are chosen, and the word of God speaks. Have a great Friday. It's the weekend. Let's rejoice in it and make him first in our life. We'll see you tomorrow on The Daily Walk. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes.